Hello, happy Friday, happy end of April, happy start to next winter. What the hell? Why is it still so cold in New York? I don't know. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation with my internet friend, Brendan Loper. Brendan is a cartoonist. Uh, his work has been seen in The New Yorker and Playboy, and you can check it out at, uh, at B underscore Loper on Instagram. You know, if you got to scroll something while you're listening, you might as well scroll the guy's page. Uh, we cut into the conversation uh, as I'm asking Brendan about his career beginnings, how he got started, what he studied, etc. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, you may do so at patreon.com slash FOMO machine. Um, well, when I was a kid, I would always do caricatures and stuff. And I'd always draw like compulsively in restaurants and stuff. Uh, but then like I went to art school for painting because I thought, well, you know, like you got to be a serious person now. You're going to, I think that that's like always been a part of me is like trying to be a serious person in a way. Um, and so I did painting for 10 years or so. I got an MFA. Um, and then I started working at that arts job and I, the gallery represented um, R. Crumb and Raymond Pettibone, who I really like. And I just was around their stuff all, all day. And I was like, I got to draw. And I, yeah. when I was painting, I was making large paintings of, uh, large, like joke paintings. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, like historical, <laughs> historical, like I did one that I still kind of like is, um, it's, based off of Alaska's painting of St. Anthony in the desert or St. St. Anthony and St. Jerome in the desert and they're praying and this praying for food, I guess. And um, in the Velasquez painting, it's like a crow bringing them a piece of bread. But I, in my painting, it was like, it was like a six foot painting, six feet wide wow. <laughs> landscape with them praying. And then I just made it, it just like a jelly donut. I love that. And so, at the time, like, no one was like, well, you're just doing cartoons here. Like, they could have saved me a lot of time. Yeah, and, a uh, lot of effort. A lot of effort. Get an idea. And um, also, like, I didn't need to go to grad school, you know? Like, I'm... Yeah, but... I guess in some I ways it's better because I, in undergrad, I was... I really didn't, like, apply myself as far as like learning theory and conceptual stuff um but that's just I think that's just not the way my my brain is huh um, school but, is so cozy I love like the rhythm of school semesters different teachers yeah breaks holidays like the pacing I wish the whole world could operate according to that schedule and have like campuses and then I think everybody would be happy if we could just still yeah. that cadence well and and time to work on what you want right. to be working on too is that's really the best part of it I guess yeah that's true I did not do much work when I was in college I remember I was always like a last minute kind of reader and writer yeah it was always just like hanging out and rock climbing <laughs> skating or just doing whatever having fun yeah, that was probably my problem too. <laughs> yeah. Did you, where'd you go to undergrad? I went to RISD. Oh yeah. One of my best friends went to there. 
I went to the That's artist right. ball one year or two years. You, oh yeah. Yeah. That was kind of fun. <laughs> I liked that, but I'm like, I think I'm lazy. Cause like everybody would come up with these crazy costumes and stuff. And I'd just be like, I'll put on a funny shirt. Well, there needs to be that balance to the ecosystem. Not everybody can be like a try hard, like I turned myself into a black swan this evening. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I feel like that's all I'm doing with my life in a way, or with my career is just like, I'll put on a funny shirt. <laughs> like, shouldn't I be more ambitious here or something? No, it's everybody needs like an everyday relatable person who is like having low key fun. Uh, I don't think. Yeah fun has to be like extreme <laughs> it's fun to try to get in that mode though yeah you no know? like I'm really not that extreme of a presenter but I remember one time I worked with a street artist who brought like unicorn horns for us to wear together and I was like all right <laughs> it, it brought out a difference it brought out something else in me yeah <laughs> but uh I remember artist ball I was like I found like RISD to be like coolest place I'd ever been and I thought it was neat that there were brown students and that they had like a crazy sex party the same night as artist ball did that happen when you were there too I don't really remember they called it sex power god <laughs> oh wait yeah that was a thing I think yeah I wasn't invited <laughs> I don't know I that's a bit much you go from high school to like a really like doomsday sounding orgy I like no yeah I think, i'm afraid of that <laughs> it, it was RISD was pretty cool but i like i found like the same like i found like my crew of like bland people to hang out with i mean me and my my really good friend from home like you know love the simple things like going through the drive-through at wendy's and hanging out in parking lots and just watching movies on the weekend. Yeah. And she found a few people like that uh, out there. I ended up becoming friends with, you know, her real good friend. I don't know. Not every artist is like uh, that odd. A lot of them are like highly normie and then they just- Yeah. Like they're- I think that's the thing that like- work, You know? That really surprised me after college was how everybody I was in college with was actually people that I would have hung out with if we both weren't like simultaneously trying on different pers personalities or like looks or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, oh, this is that person. Yeah. Did you go through different phases regarding what kind of boy you were? Did you have a um, phase? Not really. No. I think, I don't know. No. Honest, I asked people in my first year of college to refer to me as like Zara or Summerlin, which was odd because my name is Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like very embarrassed that I really tried to like completely rename myself. I think that is totally normal behavior. A little bit, but after a while, I just gave up and was like, I don't even respond to that. Like I'm asking <laughs> something that when they say it, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> I think I've always kind of been another person at the same time because I have a twin and so people would always call me Graham or whatever so I don't think I needed felt like I should have a new name at that point. <laughs> That's interesting how is it being a twin? 
Do you guys have your own language together? That's what I've always heard. Twins have their own language. Well, it's not really, I don't know, not, not so much anymore. When we first went to college, he went to Micah. Mm. Um, he's, he's a painter too, and now he does furniture stuff. Um, we, would, we would do the same stuff. Like we'd call each other and be like, oh yeah, I bought a brown t-shirt last Tuesday too. Oh my and it, God. there were like all kinds of things like that that we didn't realize how much we did stuff exactly the same until <laughs> and that the brown t-shirt thing is a real thing like we both went to an army navy or surplus <laughs> store and got the same t-shirt like he was in maryland i was in rhode island and but now not so much uh, but you know uh i think we both have like pretty good memories mm. um even like subconscious memories where like we'll think of the same stuff on the same day. Oh wow. Because, or like I'm trying to think. It's like, oh, we'll th both think of like Kirk Douglas on the same day because it was the day he died or something. And then be like, I feel like watching Spartacus tonight. And then he'll be like, I feel like watching Spartacus. Or I had that same feeling early today. Stuff like that. So it's not. That I just made the Kirk Douglas thing. I up, mean, you just but like a very like mystical, celestial type of connection with the person that I think is crazy. That's so crazy. That's normal to you. That's very cool. That's like a a very unique blessing in life to have a like that thing. So psychic connection with somebody, you know. It's. I mean, it, I think it's just a combination of combined events and. Um, interests and all sort of like following through similar brains yeah yeah that'll uh, do but you know, yeah i like being a twin i haven't seen him in a long time and that's been pretty difficult damn probably because covid right y'all couldn't get together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i chose to go to new york right in february last year instead of going to visit him which was Good kind choice. of a mistake i think that's when it was at its peak, when everybody was sharing the vid. Did you catch it at all? No, uh-uh. I somehow got it two months ago. I was what? like, wow. It's like kind of like waiting for it almost. Like, come on. Yeah. Am I going to get it? Like, I. it just seems not like I was trying to get it, but I'm like, it just feels inevitable that like it should yeah. me at some point. I think... Uh... I'm lucky because I don't have to leave the house ever, kind of. Oh, yeah. 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 Indoor, indoor boy. Mm -hmm. That's nice. I like connect with a lot of indoor types. I'm very much an outdoor type. Uh, I missed being able to bop around New York. That was like my favorite. Oh, yeah. Thing. But I'm also pretty domestic, so I'm happy I ended up getting like a nice apartment to myself, mm. you know? Yeah. Like someplace I'm like, oh, I could live here for like ever. Like I don't really ever need to, to leave yeah. here. It's not a roommate situation. Did yeah, you... having that like self-contained space is pretty nice. You forget how like normal it is to like not live with your friend and her boyfriend, you know? <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit of like that, uh, like living alone paranoia. You or I used scared. to where yeah I get scared like in the dark and stuff me too fire escapes and I'm just like fuck yeah 
I'm always like, I'm on the second floor now. That means approximately four floors have insight into my apartment. Yeah. Somebody wants to come and kill me. They know my rhythms. They see me on the couch through the blinds. Oh yeah. And then I'm always, I'm always I'm really paranoid about Venetian blinds. This, the house I live in has all Venetian blinds and I'm like, it's the wrong, they're the wrong way. Oh, People yeah. could see in if they're like crouching in the bushes and looking up, they could see that. <laughs> I know, I don't read, I don't intake a lot of um, like scary murder mystery, serial killer type content. I'm very afraid of it because my mind is already. Yeah. Dead. See, I, I do. And it makes me, I don't know. It's uh, I think like, I kind of like the serial killer ones. Cause it's like, okay, so this is like a rare thing that doesn't happen to people. It happened to those people in the TV show. It didn't happen to me <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I mean, it just makes it feel normal when there's whole, lots of media around it. Yeah. I, I like prefer to live in a world where like, and this is kind of part of maybe my weakness is like, I'm so not trying to think negative that I'm just like, oh, every everything's great. Everything's wonderful. And then I watch stuff about like this woman, like hired someone to kill her husband in order to get money from him. And she went to the gym and expected that yeah the police told her that her husband was dead and like it was I don't know I saw this crazy video where a woman plotted to have her husband killed and so the police had to like entrap her by pretending her husband had died and they made like her do this whole basically like histrionic like he's dead he's dead but he was not dead and mm, I love that <sighs> wow <laughs> how, how could people have so little conscience about the lives of others those I people, know. I feel like there needs to be a way to like identify them in high school and then like ship them to like just a colony where they can do that to each other and leave the normal people alone. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. What I had a, a guy I was in Boy Scouts with growing up and he was like Mr. Merit Badge. He had like all the merit badges and he became a murderer. Yeah, red flag, all the merit badges. Yeah. Wow. He, uh, my, the first time I went to summer camp, he taught me Indian lore, which like isn't a good thing anymore, I don't think. It's like mystical Indian stuff. What do you mean? Is it bad or is it just, just true stuff that he was obsessed with? I don't know. Uh, but who did yeah. he murdering randomly? He wanted to make a horror movie. Okay. But didn't have any money. So he did a murder for hire thing to pay for his horror movie. I don't even get it. He thought he could use footage from his, the murder he had. No, no. He just killed someone for money to finance his movie. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i know so he's in jail <laughs> he got caught like immediately too was this like a seemingly smart person or were they kind of like something always seemed off about them like um... i don't know if he was smart he might not have been smart he might have just been one of these people who like is good at getting merit badges. <laughs> right like really good at memory like, steps or something yeah like oh i can I can tie a cross hitch knot. 
but yes something else is not present in no it's not present yeah because that's just odd to me the the thinking of it as a way to finance the movie that's what strikes me as kind of dumb but yeah (laughs) scary scary nonetheless yeah oh man so sometimes I think about him at night when I'm like gotta make sure the doors are locked but I'm like right who would pay to kill me that's the thing that comforts me (laughs) my god yeah your wife just kidding I um no no she wouldn't (laughs) no but that's always like the other scary thing that comes this content is like she pushed him down the stairs or he poisoned her beverage um yeah I called New York City's like free therapy hotline it was just like discussing my life stresses and uh they uh asked me just kind of randomly like have you been thinking about killing other people? I was like no <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no I, uh, I'm just thinking about that I'm stressed out yeah but but have you no <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted to harm anyone uh I've definitely kind of the only negative thoughts I've had are like benign like ooh, I would rather be hurt than experience this kind of loss Mm. where I was like like with some romantic attachment I'd be like I'd rather be punched in the face than (laughs) like you know like it's always like about the pain I'm willing to incur physically yeah um, in order to not feel emotional pain isn't that an odd one that makes sense though (sighs) I think yeah, I think it's like akin to like other kinds of self-harm. But anyway, we don't have to make this a story about my <laughs> self-harm fantasies podcast because I really don't. I'm sort of interested, though, in why they ask that question about I have you considered killing anyone? They ask first, they ask how you, well, for sure, they started with have you been suicidal? And then they yeah. ask, well, have you thought about killing other people? I think they just want to make sure like this is a public service we better like at least do our due diligence and collect the information about an upcoming homicide. Uh, Cause we would be remiss as like a free public health service if we didn't just check if this person wants to kill someone because you know, it happens actually a lot that people push people in the subway. Yeah. Um, I like that the questions are so direct though. I know. <laughs> like they should be. <laughs> yeah. Are you angry? It's like how they start. Yeah. it's like how do you feel well I feel like pushing someone in front of a train could have just skipped to that that is interesting I've heard there's two different ways to get like I don't know I was actually watching yesterday a secret service woman like detail how to like um converse with people in order to get the maximum honest answer and Mm. she was saying like you should always frame questions like describe what you're looking forward to in the next year, mm. explain uh, what you like about so-and-so versus like a leading question. Like if I were yeah. to you like, tell me about um, the cartoons you've made for the New Yorker. You would maybe describe your favorite cartoon versus me saying, hey, what's your favorite cartoon that you've made for the New Yorker? Yeah. Trick people into talking. I know, and I've had a manager who kind of did that with me. Like every meeting we would have, she would sit down and just go, so, how are you feeling? And I like knew that that was like a strategy. 
Yeah. But I was like, I've got nothing to hide. Da, 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 da. I should have always been like, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that having a manager say, how are you feeling? It would elicit any kind of response out of me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's wise. That's good. I, as a person who just often can't shut up or like feels the need to entertain. But I that's can, useful in like a podcast scenario. Potentially. <laughs> that's what they say. I know. I do like talking to the point that I'm like, I can't believe my day job is coding. Maybe I need to find some way to like have a social engineering type job. Mm. Teaching's always good, but it's funny how teaching is, you know, classically always uh, overworked, underpaid. You yeah. have to be a much better engineer than a regular engineer to teach, but they pay you like 30 something percent less. Yeah. It's kind of wild. I guess because like the world is just like you can't have fun and make money you have to you have to <laughs> yeah it's like you can I was actually thinking about this yesterday when I was thinking about cartoons I was like oh like a a boss talking to someone and being like oh I thought you were pursuing your passion now you want to pursue passion and money like yeah the whole pursuing your passion thing is just like a way to get people to not want to be paid first right i know like the reward is the fact that we're letting we're letting you do this yeah um it doesn't matter how much value it creates i i mean i made a podcast about this i was like why is content king yet all the artists i know are so underpaid yeah because there's so many and this is i think a beautiful thing good artists yeah that Definitely. there's always a supply of really talented people who are willing to work for little money really talented people who have also made um, art their compulsion. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I know that's, that is true. There are tons of talented people out there. And I, I like that too. Like everyone probably has a strong creative bone in their body. And it's a matter of whether or not they've let themselves continue nurturing it or they've shut it off. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I, when I, first started cartooning, I was like, anybody could do this. Like, it's easy. Like, just, I still feel that way. Um, but I think, I think anybody can, can do it, uh, can be funny for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just a question of being able to draw a little bit, which I think, I think that that's something that is not taught well at all. Because like anybody can write, what's the difference really? I don't know. I guess anybody can do anything, but some people may have more of a natural knack for certain kinds of expression. Um, but if you're like obsessed with a form or a genre, often you'll train yourself into being really good at it. My friend's boyfriend like started painting two years ago and like, it's really cool to like watch how freaking good he is now. Yeah. That's with it. And that's, you know, people don't think about adults like starting creative pursuits in their 20s or 30s but you really can there's no reason yeah and at all I used I often even as a kid was like oh it's too late for me to even join the soccer team I'm not as good at soccer as the kids who've been playing for the last five years we're yeah not, they started when they were four we're not 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a big a big believer in starting things whenever you feel like it, kind of. Yeah, um, I mean, I enjoyed like cartooning for three months. I think that's why I, we connected on the internet. I yeah, could, I was trying to remember it. Like all I could remember was you had one cartoon that was where it was like a damn sun cartoon, and I can't remember what the image was for it. I just remember the caption, and I don't know. Was it? I don't know. Being mad at the sun. Oh, 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 it was, oh, damn son, where'd you find this? The hiker taking his son on a, or the DJ taking his son on a walk. Yeah, it's a red. Yeah, that, <laughs> hey, I'm that was the one that I let was stuck in my head. I was like, how did I connect with Sarah on the internet? I was like, oh, it was damn son. That's too freaking funny. I also, what else? I like connected with a bunch of cartoonists. I need to like this guy, Carl Stevens, uh, Ed Park, all those, you know, I'm rebuilding my old Instagram because I got locked out of my old one. It's un unaccessible. Uh, I need to follow those people all over again. And I was always really inspired by Liana Fink, obviously. So good. Yeah. She also She's studied philosophy like I did. That's part of what oh. more kin to her. Yeah. I I didn't study philosophy. It's okay. I don't even really know how to say it. Philosophy it's, doesn't sound right. It's for neurotic people who are trying to figure out like uh, reality and like meaning and stuff. I think I've given up on that. Maybe that's the problem. Cynic, cynic in my blood. Just... I think letting go a little bit is probably healthy versus being obsessed. Yeah. I think what you eventually learn is everything's a matter of definition, kind of. People get in fights all the time about things, I think largely because they just have a different understanding about what they're talking about. I think that's like 90% of fights. Yes. I don't know, you don't have to agree with me. You can push- No, I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's true that people see things in vastly different ways. Yeah, like, for example, an ism, like, I'm not a sexist, because in their mind, they might not be. That's so, like, according to the information they have about what they think something is defined as, you know, they're earnestly disagreeing with you. That's why I kind of just, like, sometimes try to stay away from um, labels that can be interpreted lots of different ways. And just, like, I try to go, like, well, that way you did that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember I yeah. went to a job where the managers were like, I was quitting it. And one of the managers was like, took me for like an exit interview and was like asking me if like the problems I was having were due to sexism. And I was like, I don't know, are they? They're still <laughs> not good. <laughs> like, I really don't care um, what that person's gender is. It yeah. would still be inappropriate. I don't know why they're behaving that way hypothetically they could behave that way if they were a woman it's like this is like almost my annoying why i study philosophy i'm like regardless i <laughs> like this like the way i'm being treated yeah so yeah it's i think yeah yeah intellectualizing it isn't as important as the evidence or in my the label isn't as important as like whatever the bad like condition is or right yeah 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 um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to achieve.
you know because why would it be better if if it got that label it's still not good yeah but I think people are like eager to get triggered like okay well the girl said it was sexist so we're just gonna trust her and get mad at that guy I don't know I feel like half of the English language is invented so that there are terms for things in HR handbooks or something. Yeah, it makes sense. All the new language that comes up, it does I'm, feel really stoic. Like you can almost tell like what kind of work someone does by the like language they use, like what corporate environments they're in, you know? Yeah, I think about jargon a lot. Like when I'm brainstorming for cartoons, it's all about like uh, impersonation of like different language or the way people speak or, or ideally it is try and channel that. Yeah, I've noticed that. And slang and although I don't really use slang that much. I feel like I should use slang more, but hmm. I don't know. I'm dealing with a lot of slang. I'm working on a longer project and it's like all all outdated slang and it's just like driving me crazy because it all sounds fake it all, outdated slang like from when from like the 60s and 70s oh, and like wow. people didn't actually talk like this like i the whole the whole project is like so much dialogue because it's like a graphic novel so it's just like basically all people talking to each other yeah. like this isn't how people talk and it's driving me crazy are you making it up or you have a reference I'm making it up. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> well, the plot is based on a murder, cool. like a real murder and like a media sensation. And I've added a character to it who is a reporter. And uh, she sort of gets caught up in it. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I would be like writing like, scooby-doo style like zoinks there's a crime yeah yeah I, i'm i'm also not really a writer and so like to have more than one sentence is like problematic for me That's um so i'm constantly like hyper conscious of what i'm writing in it um and so i keep editing out the zoinks yeah <laughs> gee whiz <laughs> i didn't put that in there yet I'm reading, or actually I'm reading the, what is it? The Inherent Vice book, you know that one? Pynchon. Uh, isn't it just called Inherent Vice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's by Thomas Pynchon and it's, there's a lot of slang in that and it's set in California in the 70s or 60s, late 60s. And so that's sort of like useful for like sort of hearing the way people speak, but I don't know. I, thinking about like, oh, how do people speak then? How do we speak now? What am I saying now that is like gonna be invisible to people later on or yeah. as a society, what are we saying now that is um, gonna be undetectable? Although now it's like all online too. So it's like recorded. So mm -hmm. sort of interesting to both kind of make it up, but also like use people you know now how they speak like their opinions or like i have some cops in this is like i know some cops or like i've i've met some cops like i know how they talk i know like that sort of like club language that 
authority figures use and um, how they can be demeaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, there's so many components to making up just like a small amount of dialogue. It's, it's almost too much and almost not worth it. <laughs> oh, is this a project you're doing with someone else or are you taking, taking it on solo? Just me. Wow. I don't know if it'll actually ever become anything. I'm like one of these people who likes to start projects and never finish them. Well, but I have like 30 pages inked, so it's like pretty far along. Um, that's pretty cool. I've started plenty of project and abandoned it, but then the next project is probably is like derivative from that first one. Like I remember once I like did an Instagram live where I burned Infinite Jest. <laughs> I was like, oh. I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember you posting about that. I didn't, Instagram Live makes me nervous. Yeah. Not not yours, but like in general, like, and the way it pops up on the screen, like I find myself entering Instagram Live and I'm like, I don't want to be in here. Right. Like, I want to support people, but like, this is too much. It's a bit, it's like hyper-focused, like suddenly you're in a room with them and they see that you're there and there may only be two other people. Yeah. I think lives are funny. I I always thought it was odd that people don't like lives, but I also understand it, but it's actually the most like social version of social media possible, mm. you know? Yeah. But it's still, I guess, pretty spectatory. People have asked me if I'm okay when I've started a live. I'm like, trust me, I'm just <laughs> really bored and I want to like record this call to customer support because yeah. if I don't make it into a performance, I'm just going to feel sad. You yeah, know? That makes sense. I think when, whenever I accidentally get into an Instagram live, it's like going to a house party and showing up and it's just like three people in the living room <laughs> just sitting on the couch and there's no beer left <laughs> that's what it feels like yeah i think that's a very fair fair estimation of it one time somebody asked me to just start dancing on my instagram live and this was before i got into my tiktok dance phase um I was like what the fuck if you came here for dancing you're not you don't have the right <laughs> entertainer yeah uh, but then I was like well you know what the hell let's, let's <laughs> like why not be as insane as possible online is kind of my because I think on the internet is so at least not the way you use it. you just showcase your work yeah but otherwise it's like just so made up people sharing their highlights all the time you know Everybody yeah. has like FOMO and anxiety about their own achievements due to our oversaturation of everyone's successes. So yeah, I'd rather add like a little bit of like, hey, who's that weirdo? You know what? Yeah, I, I like that approach. Weird. I think <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't think anybody has any interest in my life, you know, <laughs> or like, and I'm not, like, I kind of like having a private aspect to my life that's not shared. I know. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting balance. But then also it's like awkward when I tell people about my life because I don't share it. Yeah. Or like I have two kids now and I don't, I haven't told anybody on the internet about them. And well, 
some people but like I feel like because I don't post pictures of them all the time people think like oh well there must be something wrong with them <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like he's hiding them because that's the only reason people don't post things is because they're hiding their life their shameful life or something <laughs> no I think like your family is something to not put on your public profile you have like yeah lots of followers well, I have a I have a private profile too, but I don't even put it on there. It's like all family and people like I've known forever and I'm just like I don't even really use it anymore. But but like um I started playing guitar 3 years ago because like I realized, oh, well, cartooning has become so much like my job thing. I need another thing to like take the place of my hobby, like the thing that is unpressured. Yeah. And so I started playing guitar and I would never post anything on the internet with it ever. And like, it feels good to just have a thing that's just private that no one even really knows. Although maybe in one of my uh, little snippet videos, I, I showed the guitar or maybe it appears in the background. How does <laughs> musical career affect your <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand I don't I don't so, know what that was that about and submitted that question Probably. yeah I don't, I don't know you do look like you would be in a band like you do look like the bassist of something right yeah I, I guess <laughs> definitely not a front man I'm I'm like the guy who hides behind an instrument that's larger than him I think bassists are the coolest people usually they're always the ones who are like like low-key like I don't need to be out front the front yeah. is like a stand-up comedian for example where they're like look, yeah look at me look at me da, da, da. yeah you know <laughs> they all definitely have their roles I think like a drummer that sings is cool yeah because they're like behind all this equipment you can't really see them and they have to keep the rhythm and sing like how does I that know. work that sounds really hard right to like yeah. sing while you're also like doing all this percussive stuff singing in general scares me um very much i feel like because i have such a high standard for it that i'm like mm. you want to begin to uh hear what it sounds like out of me so yeah i i like singing i don't I mean, obviously no one ever hears me sing. Yeah, but I, I sing God. all the time. <gasps> Made up songs, just like all the time. That's fun. The other day um, I decided I was gonna be uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton, but <laughs> if he forgot who Hamilton was. <laughs> and so he's rapping and making up all these rhymes, but it's like, and there was this guy who <laughs> was on some money. I don't remember the denomination, stuff like that. I'll, I'll do that all day. That's fun, like characters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do that a lot. I'll take like a line and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll invert it. The other day I did like uh, something similar with like the Destiny's Child song, Jump In, Jump In, but like set in Halloween town. <laughs> it was like Lady Zebraman at home he's full of spiders and that's really fucking gross <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah i guess like at halloween town they would be like no spiders allowed at the club i don't know leave your spiders at home i don't know but it is fun to like take uh the form of like something else and switch it up a little bit yeah uh 
and to do so in a way that's not just like your typical craft just something yeah. annoying you can repeat to yourself while you pace around the house you know unfortunately my personality is such that i will keep doing it incessantly incessantly yeah but luckily i'm surrounded by children who don't have any idea what i'm doing yeah do you like perform it at them and they're just like <laughs> sometimes that's what i would do crumble my cat i'm always saying crazy shit to him i'm like this is great because you're never you can't really do this at a certain point with kids you have to stop yeah i call them a pussy no uh -uh. i can call my cat a pussy i'm enjoying i'm enjoying swearing around uh the two-month-old because she has no idea I had to stop swearing around my son yeah and now I have a two-month-old and I'm like I don't know I don't know what I'm saying that requires the f-bomb but yeah just to it be happens fuck it and it has no consequence on your kid or whatever yeah or anytime my mom would like swear I'd be like oh, a crack in the matrix you know yeah it's such a rare occurrence I was like, one of my one of my earliest memories is my dad saying shit because then I went around saying shit all the time and I remember talking to my older brother and him being like this is you shouldn't say shit it's a bad word and I was like but I heard dad say it yeah and like that is I must have been like three or four like I remember it was it might be my earliest memory <laughs> that's interesting but um I never heard my parents, the thing is like, I use some of these words, but I don't use them um, angrily. Yeah. Sometimes I will, but usually I'm like, oh, look at all that shit over there, you know? Yeah. Whereas my mom would be like, shit, over <laughs> that happened. Like I can tell like, that's a, that's a, not a good, that's the one that's, I don't know, scary. Yeah. Well, my dad would use it like if he ham hammered his thumb or something. Ah, oh, well, like he's not a big a big swear at all. Neither are my parents, um, but I think it happens to you based on your environment. I wasn't really either, and then I moved to New York, and then my whole mouth just transformed into yeah, saying everything because I hear everything all the time. It doesn't even hit me as weird. Yeah, I I mean. I have been enjoying swearing again, but I also like that it had meaning again in this way that like, oh, th these, these are words that I don't want him to say. Right. Uh, but also like, at this point, he just like will repeat whatever, you know, he doesn't really, I mean, he does know what some stuff means. How old is um, he? He's almost four. He oh, knows what a lot of stuff means, but he, uh, he's also tricky. He will like, like the, the other day, he, he told me that he wanted ice cream. And he said, I should have ice cream because it's good for the planet. Oh <laughs> my like, God. Excuse me? <laughs> he's a marketing executive. Yeah. I got a job. That is very smart. I know. Where did he uh, so, good for the planet. <gasps> so that was a little scary when he said that. And now I'm like. <laughs> How did you I don't reply? Know. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> uh, and that probably wasn't the best, the best response. There's so much self-consciousness about how you, you're supposed to respond like i'm so 
I just respond however I'm going to respond and it like sometimes I'm like oh I really shouldn't be laughing at well what he said what he, funny why would yeah he but like also when he just he'll say we'll be like eating dinner and he'll just be like talking about like poo and slugs and dung beetles and I won't be able to not laugh at it <laughs> and I'm like ruining him in a way <laughs> but yeah I guess there has to be another force there that's like that's, that's just the fear the constant parental fear is that you're ruining them in some overt or yeah the casualness takeaway with which like my parents or other parents are like oh yeah my parents screwed me up I'm gonna screw them up it's just like the way things go and it's like but shouldn't you be so casual about it shouldn't you try to not try yeah to... I don't know we'll see it's a wait and see project you know, yeah, might not, might not turn out. <laughs> I think no matter what kind of background you come from, you have some kind of blind spot or some kind yeah, of- Yeah, for sure. You know, Definitely. difficulty. I don't know. I used to think I was like really at an advantage because my parents were divorced and I went between two households and that made me like a child anthropologist. Like, mm. cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> many ways to live life, but you know, did that prepare me for like my own house and my own dinners? No, not really. I'm just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The effects of parenting are confusing and odd. It's mostly emotional stuff, I think. Yeah. <sighs> so. I, li I like it. Um, I really like being with them and working on things together. But sometimes it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. This is just like untenable. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, my my friend who like had children a few years ago, she's the first of my friends to do so was like, I love them, but you can't really talk to a two-year-old about much. Yeah. Well, that's not the thing that I, I really like just nonsense. Yeah. And big nonsense. And I like reading children's books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that I like, but it's like the, it's just like, sometimes you just can't communicate with them. Like, not even like when it comes to rule following or anything, but like just basic instruction. And it's just. Right. Not my favorite part of anything. It's hard if you can't like get the idea even into somebody's head of some some condition like I think about that with like separation anxiety and animals oh if only we could just so say like hey I'll be back in two hours yeah and they were like okay like they could just process that every time even if they could be sad but maybe they just get used to like well she said she'd be back in two hours and be able to like hold that in their head I yeah. think a lot about with animals it's like that's two hours is what like 14 hours to a dog right it's like, do they feel that? Do this, it, does it feel like 14 hours to them? I wonder, I think they age at that rate. Does aging affect your perception of time? I wonder. I don't even know if anybody has a conception of time besides us, kind of, you know? And that, our conception of time is like, eh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. You know, I know there's a clock and it tells me what time it is and a calendar, but like, 
I, I think more and more that those aren't even the best way to keep track of time. What do you think is a good way? I don't know. I, I, I have no solutions. It's just like, sometimes I look at the clock and I'm like, really? This is a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I think it could be cool if we were still just like mostly paying attention to the sun. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's 1058. I can be, be like, oh, it's like around noon. That'd be enough. Yeah. It's mostly for work, I guess. <sighs> and sports. Speed and sports and stuff. Gotta know when the game comes on, too. That's true. That's I like true. I like some sports. Which ones? Basketball and baseball. And a little bit hockey, hockey and soccer little wow. so it's like a lot of them but i i watch baseball and basketball i don't watch the other ones tennis i like tennis tennis but, is a fun one it's one i wish i could actually really play it's yeah very bouncy i like the sound of the ball mm -hmm. to be honest that's a big part of the appeal is that like sound it makes when you hit it yeah and of course the outfits. I remember I joined the high school tennis team really for the outfits and I was <laughs> not really good at tennis at all. And they didn't really care. They like the girls who got to play were the ones who'd been playing tennis because their parents had taught them years ago. Yeah. I was happy to sit on the, you know, in the bleachers in the outfit. Yeah. Sport. <laughs> I wasn't very, I played tennis too. I wasn't very good, but like I, I really enjoyed it despite it making me like, furious because there's like the whole inter internal mental component because it's just you fucking up and it's just like <sighs> yeah and when you're like 15 and or 16 and you're just like fucking up it's like the worst feeling in the world i know it's rough now i don't think it would bother me so much but do you play any kind of thing or have any leisure activity i have a basketball hoop cool that like mid-covid i was like fuck i gotta get outside and i got it and it just like really evened me out that's just, like very satisfying shooting by myself just working on that and i play basketball a little bit um not on like high school team or anything but like just Maybe. around kind of and i i really liked it yeah it's a good game. I liked horse. I was a big fan of horse as a kid. I kind of yeah. get back out there now, but you know, there's some real true ballers out here. Yeah. That always is intimidating about New York, the public. <laughs> yeah. I think I played basketball in New York like once or twice and I was just like, I can't. Yeah. Like I was just also past my prime of my physical shape. You know, and so I was just like, I can't run up and down the court with people who are actually in shape. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just good for like emotions. I feel like because yeah, have to be running around a little bit. I'm like, why do I feel upset? Because I've been sitting all day. Yeah, Which no, I will probably work out soon after this. Be good. Gallop around. Yes. Or what you, you're a runner. Is that what it is? I do run because it's the easiest one to do. All you yeah. need to choose, you go out and you come back and you're done. And you're like, 
yeah get some push up <laughs> then you're yeah it uh it gets really hot here in south carolina and uh i definitely just really enjoyed playing basketball in the extreme heat yeah just the level of exhaustion just and being outside in the extreme heat for like a little bit not too long and I, also not like feeling like i have to run because someone else is running right no i would die if i had to do that it is like a sauna experience being in the south i'm like half my family's from alabama so i've spent some time down there and it's really just you know walking from like yeah. you know, parking lot from a car into the grocery store is like <laughs> yeah in the summer down there it's rough. Not the best not the best summer although thunderstorms which i like i love thunderstorms if every day could end with a thunderstorm at 5 p.m i would be very happy but no tornadoes <laughs> yeah quick i know that was i used to have nightmares about tornadoes yeah. But I also like liked them, so I don't know what that was about. I was very into natural catastrophes as a kid. I would read books on earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, being lost at sea, etc. Mm. I remember I remember I, one natural disaster that I I thought was really cool isn't the right word because it was awful. because uh, people died. But it was like in Colorado where it was like some freak flood in like a in like a ravine where there were like campers and it created this crazy like basically a tidal wave in the oh. wow weather, weather channel as a kid you learn weird stuff weather channel is like the history channel kind of and it's like desire to like just catastrophize everything <laughs> right i don't know why they, they had the simplest job and they just show like the, the most gore yeah but i want to ask you about your work like in uh, for like magazines sorry it's like a pivot Piv yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, going, going to pivot i know well before because i have to wrap up soon but i want yeah. to ask about like your process when it comes to like pitching or like maybe advice you have for anybody who would want to like pitch uh whether they should like how much they should balance i guess uh, the voice of a magazine and like their own voice and how they navigate that. Cause I want this to be educational mm. for some people to hear from Yeah. Um, well, the pitch process, I think that is just on submittable now um, for actual submission, but putting a batch together, um, I usually send like five or six and some people resubmit cartoons that get rejected and have success with that but interesting when i'm done when i when a cartoon gets rejected i'm just like what done with it yeah um, unless the editor tells says like oh you should try this one again but i kind of i'm sick of them by the time i'm done drawing them and so i don't want to really see them again um I, yeah. But if you have, if you've been cartooning for a while and you have a lot of cartoons to a backlog or something, you should try and resubmit stuff. Um, but, you know, you need, they say 10, but you don't need 10. You need like five or six. Um, I think it's important to show your, 
your own voice, mm -hmm. um, um, even if it doesn't fit the magazine tone necessarily. Um, New Yorker has pretty specific tones when it comes to like. I noticed that language noticed and grossness of, and. A lot of New Yorker cartoons, even if they have different like visual styles, often feel like the same kind of voice coming through. Yeah. The person yeah. I'm doing a show with tonight sometimes uh, is in the New Yorker. Eric Bergstrom, have you seen his cartoons? I, you know, I saw your ad for it and I, I checked out his profile. Yeah, I like his drawings. Yeah. They're yeah. very uh, bizarro or quirky. Yeah, the, um, I don't know. I think if you're, if you're starting to submit, you should absolutely try and demonstrate your type of humor um even if it means not selling one i think right. it's Im or like even if it day. means because ultimately you want down the road to be able to have your own voice you know if you can sneak in by doing a little bit of what they want um and sort of wear them down over time that's the way to do it maybe I agree that is the right strategy right sometimes i feel like um, like I, I, have a, I feel like I have a good sort of feeling of what they want or what the tone is. Um, part of my process is I look at a lot of old cartoons from the 70s and 80s, 90s. And so just to get like tone or um, sometimes it's, it's useful to flip through cartoons because then you're like, okay, I'm obsessing over an idea that isn't going to happen. So if I look at all these other cartoons, I can be like, okay, this guy did a beach cartoon. What about a beach cartoon? You know, like sort of, I used to like do it all in my head where it'd be like a roll, kind of like a Rolodex of ideas. Like, um, but now I look at cartoons online or in books and it helps turn the page and like keeps me from obsessing about an idea or overworking something because that usually never works for me. Yeah, getting too attached to one concept. Yeah. Um, and it's it's good to hang on. Like if you have a concept or kind of a vague idea of a thing, um, I was always, I used to be more like, oh, I got to get this idea out. But now like I kind of hold on to them until they feel right. Like I did this um, Frankenstein cartoon that was in the magazine. And I, it was about making friends as an adult. And I, that was all I had at the beginning was like, okay, um, it's really hard to make friends as an adult. Um, how could that be a cartoon? What could the visual be for it? Yeah. And I just, I held on to it for months. So I was like, I really want to make a cartoon about this, but it's not ready yet. And I know other people would just draw whatever, but I just, I don't know. There's something about getting a longer perspective on things that is useful. The same with like political cartoons and stuff like, I used to be at such a rush to like get in the news cycle, the exact moment. But now like, I like to hold on to them because I need to know if it, if I'm making a rash judgment or yeah. something. I think especially with like politicians too, it's like, if they've done a certain kind of behavior once, they're probably gonna do it again. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it may feel like it's timely today, but it'll probably be timely again in two weeks. And you may yeah. have to kind of sit on like the way you conveyed that thinking. You make me want to do cartoons again. They're so fun. 
but it's a it's a good way to like encapsulate a thought right I know it's like just you give like um metaphor to um a feeling or an idea or an interaction I think the times when it's most satisfying is when I have a sense of something because I don't like obviously haven't seen a whole lot of people in the last year mm-hmm. um that a lot of what I get a sense of it, it's not like things happening or actual like going places or doing anything it's like a, a, when I have a sense of like oh this is a thing people do or it's a something that people do within their own brains or when there's psychology there when I get a sense of that and then when I can turn it into a thing I like that that's my favorite yeah type of brainstorming moment yeah that's really interesting I mean that's definitely what I see in your work that I really liked as well it's really hard to it's almost like I don't know to give language to feelings is the is very difficult the only language that kind of does it a little bit is German um in the English language we really do need like visuals or acting to kind of I think show feelings yeah you know I, I also try to do something like that with my work. I don't know. It's a little different though. Like I enjoy like, um, I guess characters that are like their stereotype, but not in a way where it's like overtly going like, look at their stereotype. Hmm. Like my blonde character who's like a very fragile. Katrina. I like to like have fun with her being <laughs> fragile, not like be like, ah, oh, look at the joke is that she's fragile. Or she yeah. is fragile and like, this is the ways in which she's getting triggered. That's like fun because it's- uh, It's also more interesting than like a kind of, it's sort of a weird line to walk. Feeling, instead of like, just like going, ha ha, look at that. Um, yeah, it's like an over the top, subtle, subtle. It's an over the top, but nuanced. In it in a way. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like what it is that excites me because I'm trying to have more concreteness because I do so many things. Podcasting, yeah. random characters, hosting, stand-up, writing. Like, yeah. It's too much, too much. I want to like hone it, hone it back a little bit. That is, that is one thing like I never thought I'd, I'd get in the New Yorker or whatever, but I just got obsessed with it and like honed it, like channeled all my energy to it. And now like I'm working on this book and I'm like, just, I'm doing the same thing and like hoping that it works out the same way, I guess, but also kind of hoping it doesn't (laughs) because. I mean, it can't be the same way. It's a book, it's different. Yeah, but like, I kind of hope no one wants it. Interesting. Just because like it's, I'm putting myself out there a little bit too much in making it. You could always use a different name but there's some clout with maybe using your name but I've known artists who like are they try a different form and they're kind of scared so they just use yeah it's just so it's so easy to like get in the zone of doing one thing and so I think I like that you do all these different things yeah it's it's both a blessing and a curse yeah yeah because I do think it's a skill to be a jack of all trades, but it's not the best for, um, I don't know, being really expert at one of them, you know? Yeah. 
people don't often need someone who can do a lot of things. They just need a couple of people who do one thing really well. But I'll be honest, I love interviewing. I got like really inspired to do like podcast interviewings because of Joe Rogan. I was like, I think it's cool how he can talk to a lot of different kinds of people. And he's a comedian yeah. and it's not always humorous, you know? Yeah. It'd be fun to do most, something like that. Most funny people are pretty serious people too, I think those. Oh. Is that true? I don't really know any funny people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of funny people are actually more serious than they are funny. And they use humor, I think, to take a break from how serious they are. Yeah. You know, it's like some kind of escapism or a way to uh, take the edge off. At least it is for me. Yeah. You know, I spend a lot of my time like reading kind of, I like only read like nonfiction or poetry uh yeah. and like music I don't really read a, like watch actually but I'm weird like I don't watch a lot of movies or television a lot of mm. do I spend a lot of time in like contemplation or outside being physical and yeah. comedy is kind of like a pl playtime playing pretend or whatever yeah well maybe maybe that gives you an advantage over people I guess they watch a lot of tv kind. I know it's like a weird advantage disadvantage who will always reference movies I'm like I don't know that I don't know that I don't know that I grew up watching a lot of children's movies too my mother liked children's movies I still like children's content a lot I think it's like they're they're more free to like um be more creative with the way they tell stories yeah it's like adult content is so rooted in like adultiness yeah you know I feel like it's all it's only getting worse too in a way in a way yeah but uh there's they, definitely more magic in children's stuff yes i was watching a bunch of pixar shorts last night loving them someone logged into disney plus on my apple tv so i'm like great let's let's roll cool. this and watch everything which which uh, did any of them interest you I really liked this one about a rabbit. I think it was called Burrow. Oh yeah, I, I watched that one. Really cool, the fantastical like burrowing through all these different kind of like animal worlds and like mm -hmm. trying to find the perfect place to build a house. And uh, it was both very like pretty in terms of illustration yeah. and uh, the pacing and the narrative. Uh, like the rhythm of it was really good. Uh, and you know, who, who wouldn't want, you know, their perfect little home. Yeah. So, you know, you can't really talk about such simple things in adult, adult content. Yeah. You know, I have like definitely ideas for children's books too. That I'd love to love to make. Maybe we could collaborate on something. Uh, because I have perhaps the most ideas like illustratively for children's mm. stuff. I, I would love to do a children's book. I, I get like, so I'm not a good collaborator because I really mm. want to do stuff with other people, but I'm so like compulsive about my own process and work that it makes me like not a good, a good friend in this way. <laughs> well, I think it's hard unless you're like really running into someone sometimes, you know? Yeah. Basically, the only time you and I have like made a thing was I was like, I have this idea. Here's this. Like basically, yeah, 
you know, it wasn't yeah. a back and forth. But it's it's, a, it feels like too with the cartoons is like if I'm not doing the cartoons, I'm not like I have to keep doing it or else I'll 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 lose it or something or like the magazine will forget about me or something like that where it's like if I don't do it then I'm done with it and so like it's really hard to put away at some point right but I would like to collaborate on a children's book especially yeah I'll share actually my thinking on that because we don't have to do anything real quick I've shared this idea with a couple people but people are in different phases in their life. Like my RISD friend, she has kids. She's also working on children's books. <laughs> uh, she's just so busy now. It's hard. I think children's books are a really interesting medium. And like, they, people still buy them too. So that's, that's good. That's you know, they're one of the few like physical things yeah. they're still buying. Um, but like there's, it's, it's sort of like short stories or, or, or single panel comics in a way where it has to be like so like the length has to be perfect for the age group that it's for you have to encapsulate everything kind of in small amount of language right. small visuals and that I think that there's definitely some masterpieces out there yeah that, I think I remember reading something in a museum once that was like very abstract. It was like about like a cone and a ball and like mm. their weird dynamic. It was an, a, insanely abstract for a children's book. I was like blown away by how they could make such an abstract story between two geometric shapes be like emotionally compelling, you know? Children have that kind of wisdom though, the ability to handle the abstract. Yes. Like it's crazy to see that. I think all, I mean, all children have that too. It's like something that's ground out of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, like he'll, when, when my son draws, he doesn't even think about like drawing a thing. He thinks like, oh, I'm going to draw this line and it's going to be like, uh, he'll just like turn things into other things without even thinking about it. Or like, it'll take like, he, he just doesn't have any rules. There's no rules there. And that's like super interesting to me that he just doesn't even think about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a, I don't know, he's really into dragons right now and dinosaurs and stuff. So it'll start as like a tree and then it'll become a dragon. And then like, there'll be a whole story encapsulated in his process of drawing. At the end, it's just like an abstract scribble type thing. Huh. So you would only know the story if, if you were there while he was drawing it and he was chattering about it. That's really interesting. God damn. I know. I know. I remember I won artist of the week for my interpretation of a turkey when I was five. And it was my, honestly, my proudest moment. I still feel very happy about it. And I just liked, what I liked about my turkey drawing was that it looked like a real, like a turkey that I saw in my backyard. Mm. Not like a, like a, a calendar turkey or like yeah. A, Thanksgiving. A, sh a show turkey. A show turkey. <laughs> like, you know, with all the perfect, like, yeah. and it's like front on. Like, that's how turkeys are always represented. I'm like, all yeah. the turkeys I see are like, I yeah. don't know. Children are like also like more observant. You know, 
I think as an adult, I would maybe be like, okay, a turkey. Let me look up like 20 references of turkeys. Yeah. You know? Versus like, I know what a turkey looks like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Just so like, they feel, they feel through everything too. Yeah. Which is one thing I really like about them is like, okay, he's going to draw a turkey, but he's going to like feel like what it's like to be a turkey while he draws. Aww. You know, like just the way that, the way he, he channels things it's just crazy like it's i don't i don't know that's very cool well children's books they that's that's what this was about right yes yeah children's like interpretive states and uh the content made for them but thanks for coming after all i appreciate you taking the time thanks. yeah thanks yeah. for having me and share your your stories from your life yeah i feel like I didn't talk enough about process or something nah no such thing I'm gonna stop yeah. the recording though and tell you about my children's books ideas okay sounds good